Hey everybody, welcome to episode 317 of the Running Rogue podcast. This is your host, Chris McClung, coming to you from Austin, Texas, and it's time to talk about prepping for fall races. Most of them are 20 to 25 or so weeks away if you're racing in September, October, or early November, and so it's time to start thinking about marathons and half marathons in that window and how you're going to be prepping for those. So this episode is about that. I'm going to talk a little bit about how you prime yourself for full training in the next five weeks or so. And then I'm going to talk about how you might level up your training for fall races by giving you a list of five things that you can do to shift your training to hopefully take that next step forward. Now, I'm not going to want you to do all five. I'm going to say that you should only pick two out of the five as you take these incremental steps with a long-term view towards long-term performance. So pick two of this list to add to your training in order to take that next step in a half marathon or marathon in the fall. Before I get to that conversation, I wanted to quickly thank my sponsors for this episode. Two long-term partners now are helping me with this one. Care of the vitamin supplement company that will get you what you need every single month and also better help the online therapy provider. So thanks to both of those sponsors for supporting this episode. With that, let's jump right into this conversation. Again, we're going to break it into two parts. We're going to talk a little bit about how you prime yourself for the meat of your training to come. And then I'm going to talk about how you then level up your training by giving you five things you can do to change your training to take that next step here in 2023. So let's jump in. We'll start by talking about priming. Priming is the first phase of training. Some people would also call this base building. This is your opportunity to lay the foundation for the work to come. And I want you to think about this in a couple of different ways. First of all, priming is about becoming fit enough to really do the meat of the training. If you're periodizing your training appropriately, you'll have a base building or priming phase that will roll into an aerobic strength phase that will roll into a race specific phase that will roll into a taper phase. That's the sequence. So we start by priming because priming gets us in the position to be what we like to say at Rogue, fit enough to really do the training, really do the hard work. And if you've come off a spring race, there may be a thought process or temptation to think that you can continue to build your training linearly from the peak that you may have just had, whether you did 5K, a 10K, a half marathon or marathon. If you've recently peaked, then you need to naturally come off of that peak, recover from that race, reset the fitness, detrain so that you can then retrain to a higher peak. So it's important to note that this is not a linear process. You're going to come off that peak, you're gonna detrain, and that's okay, it's actually good, it's actually better. It helps your body actually build to a higher place later. And so it's frustrating, I know, to feel like you've suddenly lost that sharpness that you just had, but just think of it in the long-term view that this is an important part of that process of ultimately getting to a faster peak down the road and hopefully here in this fall. So you're detraining from the spring in order to rebuild, which means that you have to then sequence the work in the same way you did before, starting by repriming the system. So we detrain and recover from that spring race. Then we have to prime the system again so that it is 
fit enough to train and do the hard work that will come later in the summer. So this is an important step in the overall process and again, might be frustrating because you're sort of resetting the system and you might feel like you've lost some of that fitness, some of that sharpness, but it's an important part of the process and I'll talk about the speed that I want you to do in order to prime the system for the work to come. So that's one part of the equation here is that we're if we've done it appropriately, we're detraining in order to retrain and priming is the first step to become fit enough to do the harder work later. So we're going to ease back into training and that's what priming is all about. The other element to consider here is that we often put less emphasis on this phase. It's easy to think if you're four months, five months out from your target race in the fall, that these runs don't matter as much as the runs that might happen in August or September. And the truth is they all matter. And in fact, these matter in some ways more because what we're doing with these runs now is establishing a foundation from which to build to a peak later. And the bigger the foundation, if you think about a pyramid, the bigger the foundation, the higher the peak of that pyramid. So you have to build a big foundation and it starts now in the priming phase. Doesn't mean you have to be perfect on all of these runs, but it does mean that these runs are as important as the runs that happen later in the cycle because they're going to determine how high your peak can be if you're appropriately establishing that really strong foundation. So what do we want to try to do in the priming phase? And then secondly, in this episode, I'll talk about the things you can do to tweak your training beyond that to help you take that next step. But what are we doing in the priming phase? We're doing primarily two things. We're establishing routine around volume. So we're establishing our base mileage, primarily at easy efforts. And we're also priming the system with what I like to call speed development work. Work that's going to allow you to tap into your speed and wake up those fast twitch muscles and the speed inside of you while giving yourself plenty of recovery so that you can do that safely. I'll talk about some sample workouts in a minute, but let's start on the first part of that equation, which is establishing routine. Priming is all about establishing routine, setting those days per week that you're going to run. And if you're running five days a week, then from my training system, that would look like five types of runs. You're going to have one speed workout, you're going to have one long run, you're going to have one medium long run, which becomes that second longest run of the week over time and is, in my opinion, the unsung hero of marathon and half marathon fitness. And then you're going to have two recovery runs, one that fits in after your speed workout, one that fits in after your long run. Establish that routine, even if your long run isn't that long yet, your medium long run may not be at full capacity yet and you may not be doing that rigorous of speed work that's okay you're still wanting to establish that routine so that you begin to set the cadence for the work to come so figure out what days you're going to do each of those and start to execute those days as if you're in full training mode which means that 
You're going to be doing some light speed development work, which we'll talk about some examples. You're going to be building that medium long run. You're going to be doing super easy runs on those recovery days at relatively short volume and mileage. And you're going to start building that long run as well. Again, it doesn't need to be full capacity at this point, but you do want to start to establish that routine and start to rebuild that volume in a way that that will allow you to gradually reach the peak volume you're trying to you're trying to reach in this training cycle. So what does that build look like? Some of it will depend on your experience, but if you're a moderately experienced racer, somebody who's been through other training cycles, then you can build by about 3 to 4 miles per week and I would primarily focus the building volume on the quality day, the medium long run and the long run day. So you might be adding one max two miles per week to those key days so that those start to establish their rhythm and routine and begin to connect the dots to what the overall plan will look like. So begin building those those miles. So people would say 10% per week increasing, but I like to use absolute numbers here to make it easier three to four miles max, no more than that from week to week. And if you get to a point where you feel like it's too much, then don't hesitate to hold for a week as you build that volume. Again, we'll talk about speed in a second, but as a part of building volume, it's important, especially if you've had a little bit of downtime and recovery from a spring race, that you do these runs at super easy conversational efforts, maybe even easier than you would normally do especially as we start to add heat and humidity to the equation, depending on where you are, you might find that you're running 30 seconds to even maybe 45 seconds per mile slower than normal in order to get the effort right, either in the heat or simply because you're rebuilding fitness and starting to establish that routine again. So make sure that these runs are even easier than normal as you rebuild the volume and reestablish the load on your body. That musculoskeletal system has to be able to adapt. You want it to be able to do that gradually by not putting too much stress, by not running fast. So these runs should be even easier. And if you're in doubt at any point, please, please take it easier than you think because that's going to pay dividends and again, allowing you to consistently establish this routine without having any blips, little niggles that pop up as you go. So that's point number one here with priming is establish routine, start to build volume. Point number two is we want to introduce some speed development work that's going to allow you to work the higher end of the range while also giving you plenty of recovery so that it doesn't overstress the system. And it's important to note, and I'm going to give you some sample workouts here to do in these first five to six weeks. It's important to note that as you do these workouts, you want to err on the conservative side, especially early in the workouts. You also want to make sure that you're always in control of your speed so that you don't overdo it or cause injury. If you get out of control or if your form breaks down at any point during these workouts, then you should stop because this is about establishing good mechanics, working on form and efficiency, working a little bit of top end speed to touch it just enough to make sure it's active and ready and available to you once we get into the more intense perhaps endurance oriented workouts of the aerobic strength phase. So this is you're priming your muscles, you're priming your system 
for the work to come. Again, we're trying to get you fit enough to train, fit enough to do the more rigorous workouts that will come later in the cycle. And so these are meant to touch on speed, but not to overdo it. And if at any point you feel like you're overdoing it, then it's time to back off or shut down the workout so that you don't hurt yourself or cause more damage. So here's here's some examples. One is you can simply do strides. If you haven't done speed work in a little bit, I like to start by doing a couple of weeks where I'm just doing strides once a week as a very light way to prime the system. Now I'll remind you what strides are, but strides are basically short controlled sprints. You want to think about it as 80 to 100 meters, about the length of a track straightaway in length. When you're doing a stride, you're going to think about dividing that stretch of road or track into thirds. So about 30 meters each where you build your speed for a third, you hold your speed for a third, and then you let off the gas and decelerate gradually over the final third. You walk back to the start and repeat. And in that middle third, you might get to 85 to perhaps even 95% of peak speed, but it should always be in control and you're only holding it for a little bit of time in those 30 meters or so. And then you let off the gas and decelerate. You walk back to the start so you can get full recovery and repeat that. I don't ever want you doing more than four to six of these at a time. And I want you to do them after a run. So if you're introducing strides to start, go for an easy run. Finish with the strides at the end. Again, walking between each for full recovery and stay in control the entire time. If you haven't introduced speed in a little bit, strides are a great way to reintroduce it. And then you can start to level up to some of these other workouts. Another set of workouts that I like would be 200, 300, or 400 meter reps that you could do in succession in order to gradually ramp up the intensity and the load. But the key with each of these is that you would get full recovery between each rep. So for example, I gave my group this week 200 meter reps where they were running 200 meters fast and then doing a full walking recovery of about 120 meters. We were actually on a 320 meter track, so it was a little bit odd, but we were doing a full walk recovery between each of those 200 meter reps. Did 12 to 15, I told them to start at an intensity of five to six on a one to 10 scale, so really not that intense, and then get a little bit faster with each one, which allows you to build into the workout, so that means you're getting additional warm up time, It also allows you to unlock more speed as you go because your body is easing into it versus abruptly jumping into it. And then when you get to the end, you can really let it fly and you can do it in a really safe and controlled way as long as you're staying on top of your form and keeping all of that in check. So 200 meter reps. And if you have a 400 meter track, you can simply do this as 200 on at pace, followed by 200 super easy or walking back around to the start and repeating that, perhaps starting with 10 to 12 to 14 laps of that as you go and easing into it is the key. So that's an example of a priming workout. If you do it as 300 meter reps, which you could do on a flat stretch of road, or you could do it on a track with 100 meters of walking recovery, I like to do 300 meter builds 
where you're actually building your speed every 100 within the context of the 300 meter build. So you might start super easy on the first, relatively easy on the first 100 at a five or six level. And then each 100 you build a little bit so that by the end you might be going eight to nine out of 10 on that last 100. But again, it allows you to build within the rep so that you're only unlocking that peak speed for the final 100 of those 300 meter builds. And you can get a full 100 meter walking recovery or perhaps a little longer if you want and then repeat. The key with all of these is to really listen to your body. If you don't feel recovered, if the heart rate's still elevated, if the breathing is, gets out of control at any point, then slow it down, take a little extra rest, and then get back into the repeats. You could also do 400s, perhaps at 5K pace, maybe even starting slower at 10K pace, working to 5K pace, and then getting a full one lap or 200 meter recovery, depending on the length that you require for recovery between each one. And in that case, you might start with 10 to 12 400s with, again, full recovery that could be a half a lap or even a full lap, depending on what works for you. So, 200, 300, 400, the key with all of these is that you execute them in progression. Start slower than you think you might need to and then work down so that you can unlock more speed as you go. And when you're doing it, stay relaxed throughout. Make sure your form is solid and check and get full recovery between each of the reps. So that's an example of some workouts you can do on the track. Another thing I like during this phase would be sprinkling in, not every week, but perhaps every other week, some timed hill reps. I like timed hill reps because you can easily monitor your progress. So you can compare from one set to the next. If you get higher up the hill, you know you're actually running it faster. And so I like timed hill reps where you might do 30 and 60 second intervals in sets where you're going hard up for 30 seconds, easy down. Hard up for 60 seconds, easy down. Take a little extra rest, perhaps a minute in between, and then repeat that for three to four sets, six to eight hills in that fashion. If you do that once, you can do it again, and then add perhaps 90-second hill reps. So you would do 30, 60, 90, again, with extra recovery in between the sets, and you're easy jogging back down those hills. Hills are speed work in, in disguise. The key with hill reps, again, is that the form stays in check. I also encourage you to do these in progression so that you can ease into it. So start slower than you think you can do it. Figure out your terrain, figure out the the slope of the hill and how it's going to feel, and then start to increase the effort so that you're getting a little bit higher up the hill with each of these timed reps. The other thing to remember if you're introducing hill reps is that you want it to be on a moderately sloped hill, probably four to six percent grade. You basically don't want to be modifying your form to run up the hill. You want to be able to keep the the cohesiveness, the structure of your normal stride while running uphill so that it's not so steep that you have to modify things in order to make it work. So moderate hills, not too steep of hills. And you can do those timed hill reps as another example. And then the next category of things that you could work in would be some basic fartlek workouts where you're doing 30 second or one minute pickups. 
where you're doing those fast, perhaps six to eight to 10 reps. We're going 30 seconds hard, followed by a couple of minutes easy and alternating that rhythm throughout the middle of your run. You can do the same with one minute pickups. The thing I want you to keep in mind with any sort of pickup pickup that's timed like this would be that you keep it by feel. Don't worry about what your watch says. Try to get a little bit faster as you go. And as long as you're picking it up faster than any easy pace, and as long as you're staying in control, and getting a little bit faster as you go through the reps, then you can claim success regardless of what the paces end up being. So 30 second and 60 second pickups is another safe way with a couple of minutes rest in between each to do some priming workouts that really starts to, to tap the speed so that we're becoming fit enough to train. So we've got strides, we've got the 200, 300, 400 meter reps, we've got timed hill reps, and we've also got 30 second or one minute pickups. These are all great priming workouts that you can introduce in these first five to six weeks of your training in order to prime the body for the work to come. So consider those options as you go. All right, next we're going to talk about the five things you can consider to add to your training for these fall races as you consider leveling up your training. But before we get there, I first want to talk about my sponsor, one of my sponsors for this episode, BetterHelp. They are the largest online therapy provider. And I can tell you that I've greatly benefited from therapy myself, including therapy that I've used through BetterHelp to help with some parenting advice. One of the things I learned in the process of going through therapy is that you might have a reason, big or small, to go. And it's intimidating and scary to take that first step. But once you get into it, it can be really effective at helping you deal with your challenge that you might be facing. But the, one of the things I learned as a part of that process, particularly when I was going through grief counseling and therapy, the first time I went to a therapist was that you then start to also uncover other things that can be helpful and fruitful, not just to deal with the primary thing you're talking about, but also to deal with other life stuff. And for me, I learned a lot about myself through that process that extended well beyond the specific challenge I was facing at that time. And it became really the gift that keeps on giving in terms of giving myself tools to help with mental health that I still use today, even outside of that challenge that I was specifically facing. So I highly recommend if you're thinking about starting therapy that you give BetterHelp a try. Again, it's entirely online. It's convenient, flexible, and it can be suited to your schedule because you can do it on video from anywhere you might be. So to check it out, you can just fill out a brief questionnaire on their site. They will match you with a licensed therapist based on how you answer that questionnaire. And then, of course, you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Running Rogue today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Running Rogue. Go check it out. Okay, let's jump into... The second part of this episode, we're going to be talking about five things that you can do to level up your training. Again, I don't want you to do all five of these. I want you to pick two and introduce just those two things into your training because your body can only handle so much at once. And I promise you that'll help you take that next step in whatever race distance you might be tackling in the fall. So here we go. Here's the five things. Number one, 
build volume. Number one, build volume, add miles to your schedule. But the way I'm going to talk about this now isn't about miles per week. Certainly overall miles per week is something to be thinking about. But really more than that, I want you to think about how your miles fit together, how your miles fit together. Because if you're not constructing your week in a way that's going to ultimately help you level up, if you're just focused on that total number per week, then you might be missing something because all miles are not created equal. As you're building aerobic capacity, there is an exponential benefit to aerobic capacity building when you get to the later miles of your medium long run or of your long run. Miles one through five of those runs are not the same as six through 10 or 11 through 20. They are not created equal. There's an exponential benefit as your body gets into those aerobic capacity building runs. And so I want you to think about how your volume fits together. I don't want you necessarily to think about total volume here when I'm talking about this example. So what are some ways that you can build volume? I've got two for you. The first one is building your medium long run. Building your medium long run. Focusing on that has an outsized benefit. It is not the same as miles placed elsewhere in the schedule. Because again, there's an exponential aerobic benefit in the later miles. So if you can add two miles to your medium long run and go from six to eight or from eight to 10 or 10 to 12, those two miles are going to have a bigger impact than if you just added two mile, a two mile run at some point during the week, or if you added two miles to your recovery runs, those two miles in a medium long run, because of the length of that run is going to have an outsized benefit to your overall training if you can do it. So I would consider if you are thinking about this one is adding a couple of miles to your medium long run, go from six to eight or eight to 10 or 10 to 12 or 12 to 14, because you're going to again, get outsized benefit in those incremental couple of miles on your medium long run. As I said at the top, the medium long run is the unsung hero of half marathon and marathon fitness. I talk all about it actually in episode 261. If you want to go back and listen to that one, because I think it's a critical episode that really talks about the magic of the medium long run and how you can optimize it. But this is one area that I want you to think about is if you're thinking about building volume, don't worry about the other days. Add to your medium long run. That's where you're going to get the biggest bang for your buck. Second element I want to talk about here is doing more long runs of big volume, a big mileage. So I want you, if you're training for the marathon, to get in more 20-mile runs than you have before. Perhaps you haven't done any in prep for marathons. Perhaps you've just done one or two. Perhaps you've done three. If you've done any of those numbers, then you have an opportunity to level up your training by getting in more. So if you've done one or two, I want you to go to three. If you've done three, I want you to consider four or five 20 milers in your cycle because those long runs help you not only build aerobic capacity, but also build that neuromuscular and musculoskeletal resilience so that you can stay the course, so you can finish strongly over 26 miles. And I am a huge believer that these 20 mile runs are a part of it. So add to those over distance long runs. That's for the marathon. For the half marathon, I want you to consider if you've maxed out at 
10 miles or 12 miles for your half marathon prep that you might go to 14 miles for your longest long run in prep for half marathon. Or even if you've done 14, consider 16 miles a couple of times. So see if you can add distance and add the frequency of those distance long runs to your half marathon track as well, because in that case, those over distance long runs for a half marathon, again, will have an outsized impact in not only aerobic development, but also making sure that you have staying power for the full 13.1. So again, on this build volume topic, I want you to consider either leveling up that medium long run out, adding a couple of miles or adding more big distance long runs to your equation. That's number one. Number two, strides for the whole cycle. Strides for the soul for the whole cycle. We talked about strides as a priming tool, and you might start there with your speed work that you're just doing strides once a week. But once you start to escalate and build to more advanced speed work, then I want you to keep the strides, switch them to another day. I like putting them after my medium long run, but they could also sit after another recovery day where you're doing your easy run and then you're adding strides four to six, not more than that, once a week. Add them to your cycle because it helps you maintain connection to speed development throughout the cycle. It also is a form and efficiency tool. You may have heard me use this analogy before, but strides are like allergy shots for speed. One dose doesn't make a difference. Even doses over weeks and a few months won't make a difference necessarily. But if you do them consistently week in and week out for many months and then across many cycles and years, it will have an impact. For allergy shots, it makes you immune to whatever you might be allergic to. For strides, it makes you faster and more efficient and have better form if you do them consistently. So I want you to do strides once a week all cycle long if you haven't done that before. Not more than four to six after one run a week at a time and do this again separately than your speed day. It will make a massive difference. It's also fun. Some people ask me too how many they should do and again, I like to 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 do it and think about it as four to six so that it's actually a range and you don't necessarily know how many you're going to do on a given day until you get into it because sometimes the body's feeling great and you're cruising through four and you're thinking man six feels great sometimes I get through four and I'm feeling sluggish and a little creaky and it's not really happening and not flowing for me that day and so I might cut it at four to five on those days so listen to your body do six when the body's giving you six. Do four when your body's giving you four. Do five when your body's giving you five. So listen to your body. But a dose of strides will help if you do them week in and week out and do them consistently, ultimately year round. But let's start with this cycle for the fall. That's my second thing to consider adding for this cycle. Number three, twice a, twice a week strength training. Twice a week strength training. If you're going to add strength, you want to do it early in a cycle, so you have to add it now. You're not going to want to add it later because if you add it later, it'll take six weeks perhaps for your body to adapt and you won't have time for that if you're in the meat of training. So if you're going to add strength, you have to add it now. Do it in this priming phase and do it in small doses that you can execute consistently, whatever that looks like 
for you. There are certainly workout programs that you can get out there. If you go to our Rogue Running YouTube page, we actually have 52 weeks of strength training. We have another 52 weeks of mobility workouts, which also have a component of strength. So you can go look for that as a resource, or you can just stick with the basics and do body weight things that are going to allow you to start to build that muscular resilience and strength so that you are more injury free and ultimately so that you can be faster, especially as we lose strength as we age. So that can look like a really simple routine. And I want you, if you're doing this, if you're adding strength, to think what's the least amount of this that I can do and commit to consistently? Because I get it. I know as runners, oftentimes we don't like this component, especially if you haven't been doing it already. It it is cumbersome. It's perhaps intimidating. It's something that is hard to establish consistency around. And so I want you to start with just the absolute basic things done a couple of times a week if this is you, if you're starting out from scratch. And it could be 20 to 30 minutes a couple of times a week. If you want to keep it as simple as possible, then I would recommend just a handful of exercises done consistently. Prisoner squats, push-ups, planks, single leg deadlifts, and lunges. Five things. Do those five things consistently and you will notice a difference and if you're not sure where to start start right there i would encourage you to watch especially for the single leg deadlifts and the lunges watch some online videos to make sure that your form is correct but that's it prisoner squats push-ups planks single leg deadlifts and lunges if you can do those five things twice a week consistently starting with body weight and potentially over time adding a little bit of weight to the squats the lunges and the deadlifts then i promise you you will notice an impact over time so that's number three add strength start with the minimum dose and try to establish that consistent routine if you can do it for this entire cycle then you will notice a difference and you'll also establish a consistent routine that will allow you to sustain it beyond. I saw a a blurb this week that science tells us that it takes six months to establish a consistent workout routine. Six months, not six days, not six weeks, but six months. So if you can do twice a week strength for an entire cycle, which would be four or five months, then you're going to take a big step forward in making that a consistent part of your routine. That's number three. Before we get to number four, I want to quickly talk about my partnership with Care Of. They're my longest term sponsor at this point. I've been working with them for over two years. They are a subscription service that ships high quality, personalized vitamins, supplements, and protein powders conveniently to your door every month. It's really simple. The nice thing about it is it's personalized to you. So all you got to do is go online, take their short in-depth quiz. It'll ask you questions about your lifestyle, your health goals, and it will give you a personalized doctor back recommendation. You can review that. You can see what they're recommending. You can get the science behind their recommendation, and then you can build those customized packs for you, and then they ship it to you in small packs that you can take every day. And it's a way to not forget, as I was doing previously before I started using Care Of, 
They're also really easy to travel with. So if you've got summer travel plans, you just pop the days you need into your suitcase and you'll have what you need to stay on top of your performance needs. I use it and I recommend you do too. For 50% off your first care of order, go to takecareof.com and enter the code ROGUE50. Again, that's 50% off your first order. Takecareof.com. Use the code ROGUE50. Go check it out. All right, let's get to my last two numbers, four and five on this list. Number four is adding in or modifying your speed workouts in order to optimize them for your training. I've got a few different ways that you can do that. First of all, if you haven't already done it, just adding speed to the equation is going to make a big difference. Volume and consistent volume is most important, but if you aren't doing speed workouts and you aren't fine-tuning your speed and you aren't periodizing it so that you are working the right systems at the right time, then simply adding a speed program to the equation is going to help you take a big step forward. Obviously, I would encourage you to do that via a plan that you can find or a coach who can work with you to tailor that speed to you. Now, if you're adding speed, the important thing is that you really ease yourself into it. You start small, for example, with some of the workouts that I had in the priming discussion, maybe you even extend those for another four to five weeks so that you're really easing into it before you get into a really rigorous training. But ideally, you'd have a coach that can help you establish that program for you and monitor it along the way so you're not overdoing it and perhaps getting injured by doing too much too soon. So adding speed is one way you can take that next step. Also on the speed category, periodizing your speed in a way that's going to allow you the work to work the right systems at the right time is another way to level up your training. A lot of times if you see a generic program online, then they're just giving you a sequence of workouts repeated over and over again and sometimes just asking you to run them faster as you go throughout the cycle and there's no real method to the madness in terms of how those programs and workouts are sequenced. So you want to be periodizing the work so that the work that you're doing now and looks different than the work you might do in July and August looks different than the work you might do in September and October, depending on when your race is. It's got to be periodized. We start with priming, then we go to aerobic strength, aka endurance. Then we go to race-specific training so that we're able to dial into race speed while also working faster speeds to make race pace feel easier. That's how we sequence the work in order to make sure that you're peaking at the right time and you're ready to go on the day that matters. So think about periodizing your training and making sure that you're doing the right workouts at the right time. And if you haven't done that already, find a program that's periodized, find a coach that can help you periodize the work so that it's not just a random sequence of workouts repeated over and over again. The third thing, which is a bit nuanced, but for some of you, you might be doing two speed workouts a week. And I would encourage you to consider cutting that from two to one. Oftentimes you'll see programs that have intervals one day, a tempo run another day, and then the long run is their other big run for the week. And so they're not, you're not getting a true medium long run because you're doing two speed workouts a week and instead. So from my perspective, especially for the less experienced runner, but even for the experienced runner like myself, going 
to one speed workout and then a true aerobic capacity building medium long run is going to have a better bang for your buck. It's going to promote your long-term potential more than doing two speed workouts a week. So cutting from two to one actually could help you take a step forward in your fitness, which is I know counterintuitive, but it's true. And you've heard me use this analogy before on the podcast that when you think about the aerobic system like a car engine, adding cylinders to your engine is what happens when we run easy and when we add more volume. Fine tuning the engine is what happens when we run fast, when we do speed work. So if you have that mix of fine tuning skewed too high, you end up with a small engine that's really revved up versus a big V6 or V8 that has the power to crush a four cylinder, no matter how revved up that four cylinder is. So you might want to consider shifting the mix of your running so that you're doing a little less speed, still at least one workout a week and more easy running like on a medium long run so that you can add cylinders to your engine so you can have a massive engine and go crush this race. So that's another way to consider modifying your speed work that will have a big bang for your buck. So that's number four. Number five in this equation is related to speed, but I think it's worthy of a separate category is adding pace work to your long runs. I like to have for half marathoners and marathoners two to three workouts in the cycle, not consecutively, but spaced about three weeks apart as you get into that race specific phase, as you get into the final eight to nine weeks of training that introduce speed work into the long run so that you're learning to, to run race pace on tired legs. Actually, I have a whole episode 232 on the church of the long run, and I give some examples of this pace work and what it might look like inside of a long run. So I would refer you to that if you want examples. But think about adding pace work to your long runs if you haven't done it already. Now, I would still prioritize if you're choosing adding more big volume long runs to the equation before you add speed work to these long runs. So make sure you have robust long runs first. And if you do that already, then start to introduce a little bit of speed work to your long runs, which will help you learn to run race pace on tired legs. These are also opportunities to basically use these long runs as dress rehearsals for race day so that you can also practice all the other pieces that you would use on race day from fueling to hydration to the gear that you would use to the footwear that you might use in a in the context of a long run that more closely resembles what race day looks like versus just an ordinary easy long run so that's number five consider adding pace work to your long runs so those are the five things which ones which two max two are you going to introduce into your training for your fall race to take that next step? Is it building volume by focusing on that medium long run or doing more big long runs? Is it adding strides consistently week in and week out throughout the cycle? Is it adding strength simply two days a week is the place to start? Is it adding or modifying your speed training in order to better fine tune the system for the race to come? Or is it adding pace work to your long runs to level up those long runs 
as you go. Those are the five things. Pick two of them. Introduce them into this cycle. Save the others for another cycle. If you do that, I promise you, you'll take that next big step forward in training. And hopefully that will also translate to a big result from a race perspective as well. So there you go. That's how you think about getting ready for this fall. I wish you all the best in starting your training cycles as you prep for these races to come. As always, you can check us out at roguerunning.com or follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Rogue Running. You can also follow me at Rogue Chris. Until next time, we'll talk to you soon.